We're so happy you're here. What is that noise in the background? Do you hear that? It's a gumball. It heard you talking shit. Good morning, good day, and good evening. And good night. Good night. Welcome to the Insomnia Report. Episode 25. Aye. Aye. Quarter of a century. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah? Mid-twenties? Yeah. A, a quarter? Time. A gumball? Right. A little pride. I don't know if you can get gumballs for 25. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know. I haven't gotten a gumball in a long time i think the last time i did though it was a 25 cent gumball i don't see them around that often though you know yeah maybe it's because we live in the city and we saw it more in the burbs i don't know or like at malls yeah and the mall is dying yes it is so i assume also gumball machines are dying that's sad i guess it is isn't it gumballs are kind of disgusting though they only last like three seconds yeah and then they taste like tar yeah (laughs) well um if this is your first episode (laughs) welcome if you have listened before welcome back i'm margo and i'm elizabeth we're the two friends that like to talk about the things that keep us up at night night. today we have another paranormal story for you so get your sage get your holy water we're in for a ride yeah. Before we begin, I'm going to light the candle. I always wait until after we do our like talk and then I light it. But anyway, I'm going to hold the candles. I'm going to hold the matches. And I would like you to tell me about your okay. week, please. What has kept you up? Um, What has kept me up? I don't know. I just tend to stay up like really late on my phone looking at either apartment listings. Yes. Or Airbnbs in exotic countries. Mm-hmm. Because I think we both have this really bad travel bug right now. Right. We just want to change the scenery in the worst way. Right. And, um, yeah, last night I had my guitar class and then I spent a couple hours looking up the best practice techniques and, like, all these videos that are way too advanced for me because I want to be really good really quickly really quickly (laughs) and it's not gonna work because it takes you know you have things like that you have to go like slowly and practice and yeah move up the ladder but i don't that's not really my style i hear you but i give you props for doing something Mm, thanks for taking a class what about you at work we i joined a book club and it's called killers and thrillers Ooh, appropriate. I know. And I read the book When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. It was pretty good. And she typically writes romance novels. So this was her first take at like thriller. It was it was good. It was nice to meet other people at the company because, you know, being remote, I don't know anyone. So that definitely kept me up because I joined the book club kind of late. The nice thing about my company is in this book club, they provide the book for you in a digital format, 
but for whatever reason, I could not remember my password for my iPad because it's older and I got locked out until April. Um, so mm. I was like, I'm not going to read this on my phone. So then I Amazon primed the book and then I didn't have time to read the book. So then I got an audible for this book. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I went through a lot of steps and hoops to, to finish this book, but it was good. It was interesting. A lot of some people love it. Some people hate it, but I thought mm. it was interesting because it was pretty relevant about, you know, certain issues in the country and mm. it was good. What's your next book? Uh, the Vanishing Half, which I'm one super excited favorites. about. I know yes. you had said that it was one of those books that made you remember why you love reading, so I'm super yeah. excited to read it. And you've been telling yeah. me, like, you need to read it, because I've had the book for months. <laughs> Elizabeth read it months ago, so I bought it because I'm like, I want to read it, too. I'm trying to read more, and I haven't, but then I found out that this was one of the book club books, so I was like, haha, now I have to. Yay. No more excuses. Yeah, I I don't know. When I was a lot younger, I used to read like three books a week. Yeah, like this is not the same brain that used to read mm-hmm. 300 pages in two days. Like I know. And I don't know. I just find it so hard to start a book. But yeah. I, I would love to. I, I like tangible books rather than like digital, but mm. I just, I don't know. Okay. <sighs> but yeah, I, I tried to read a book and then I was delayed and then I bought the book. But then by the time I got the book... I didn't have time to read it, so I listened to it while I did not brain thinking tasks mm-hmm. or while I was cleaning or walking around. So I tried yeah. to kill there two birds with one stone, so it was fine. But I find that I tend to zone out with certain audiobooks, and then I'd be like, wait, what happened? Like, I mm-hmm. hear something, and I'm like, what about a body? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you so, missed the murder. I did. Okay. I wonder what our neighbors across the street think we're doing when they see us lighting matches at, like, really late at night. Oh, I know. What rituals are they performing? If only they knew. I know, right? Also, sad because our cool neighbor is moving, and he came into our apartment, and he's like, why do you have a mixer? And we're like, we have a podcast. But he gave us some plants. He gave us so so many many plants. plants. (laughs) Shout out to Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. We'll miss you. Yeah. He's a really good neighbor. Thanks for being our neighbor. Oh, won't you be my neighbor? Okay, tell me about ghosts. Okay, here we go. If you're ready, no problem. Like I, I thanks for asking. We I'm can talk ready. about plants. If, <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I'm I'm ready to talk about ghosts. Elizabeth is the green fun, fum, <laughs> a green fum. She she takes care of all of our plant children, and I'm thankful for that because I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm happy to do it. Margot's aloe plant had babies. I'm a, had babies, I'm a grandma. Like ten babies. Seriously. And so now we have ten little aloes in our apartment, just around in random Everywhere. containers. Like one is in so. a mug. Yeah. Anyway. So thank you for that. I just come out of my room and Elizabeth is putting like a million pots on the floor. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's time. She's like, I couldn't leave it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, plants. Plants. Man. Ghosts. Yep. Good transition. Now we're gonna thank you. <laughs> I really, I tried. Okay. Are you ready? I was born ready. Okay. Let's travel back in time as we often do, 
to 1830s New Orleans. Ooh, a far cry from the jazz crowds and drunk tourists that we know today. Mm-hmm. Margo and I have been planning a, a t- we want to go to New Orleans. We've been talking about it since like high school. Yeah. So, so it's on our list. It's on the list. Mm-hmm. So in the 1830s, high society was a thing. Mm-hmm. No, sure. And everyone wanted to be a part of it. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I want to be a part of it. New Orleans. No. What's that from? New York. Oh. It's a song. Start spreading the news. Oh. I always end up singing. One of us always <laughs> does. This is a musical podcast. Never mind. Mm. Don't mind me. One prominent member of the New Orleans High Society was named Marie Delphine Lalaurie. Oh, God. No, no. This one is... Oh. Oh, oh, my gosh. This one's intense. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Listener discretion advice. Yeah. I'm not giving Content you a warning. warning. Oh, my I'll, God. I'll give another one once we get closer. Okay. But, okay. oh, my God. Ooh, I already have chills. <laughs> mm. Also known as Delphine. She, she went by her first name. Or Madame Lalaurie, if I'm saying that correctly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who... Always had to be a guest at the most exclusive functions and was described as courteous, charming, and beautiful. Mm. I want to go back even further in time just to give you a quick description of who she was before she got to New Orleans High Society. Okay. Okay. Backstory. She was born March 19, 1787 in New Orleans, and... She was born Marie Delphine McCarthy. Her parents were also pretty well established in the white New Orleans Creole community. And she had, she was one of five siblings. No one really knows much about her childhood, but she got married for the first time. She was married three times in total. Oh, no. She was married for the first time to a Spanish royal officer named Don Ramon. Don Vermon. Because at the time, Louisiana was under Spanish control. Oh, okay. And, however, this marriage took place in 1800, and she was 13. <gasps> Not again. I know. This keeps <laughs> happening, and it's so unfortunate. <laughs> How does this keep happening? <laughs> like, little was known about her childhood, except for when she got married as a child. As a child. As, like, a little baby her child. was uh, wedded. Okay. Yeah. So... Not again. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I put in all caps. She was 13! Exclamation point. Exclamation point. I'm so upset. Okay. Well, anyway, she went to Spain with him in 1804 and eventually had a child with him. He died, though, in Cuba. Oh. And then in 1808, she married a prominent banker, merchant, and lawyer, Jean Blanc. Ooh. And they had a house together and had four more children. Oh. And then he died eight years later in 1816. Okay. In 1825, she married a doctor who was much younger than her, named Dr. Leonard Louis Nicholas LaLaurie. He went by Louis. Lenny. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> but almost. And she lived with him and two of her daughters in a mansion mm. at 1140 Royal Street in New Orleans. Ooh, in what's la. known today as the French Quarter. Bonjour. <laughs> oui, oui. <laughs> Ooh la la. 
she more or less wore the pants in this relationship, one could say. She managed this property with very little involvement from Louis. Mm. Louis. Sorry. I never know, like, you know, because it's spelled the same. Right. But Louis. He went by Louis, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, just say it with a French accent. Yeah. Louis. Louis. Okay. Voila. So, yeah, Louis was not very involved in this. And she had a two-story mansion built on this property in 1832. Okay. And she furnished it with the finest objects. And she loved to throw lavish parties with her high society friends. Of course. Yes. And the mansion also included an annex for the family slaves. Mm. This was pre-Civil War Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And slavery was deeply integrated into society and seen as a part of everyday life. In fact, New Orleans was used as a hub for buying, selling, and shipping cotton, as well as enslaved people. Mm-mm. In most cities in the South, the buying and selling of enslaved people was restricted to a single building or street, but in New Orleans, it was a little different. It happened everywhere. Oh. In fancy buildings and hotels, on the street, on boats, in public parks. It was mentioned a few times in a few articles I read, in the luxurious St. Louis Hotel. Hmm. Not sure why that was a place. I for think that, that place is said to be haunted. Uh, not surprised. Yeah, I kept seeing also this engraving, I think it was, when I was Googling this, and it's of a slave auction underneath this dome in New Orleans somewhere. I don't know if it's at the hotel or in a different building. It looked very fancy. Yeah, I think it is at the St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and and that engraving shows it it it's almost like someone's estate is being auctioned off. So like artwork and documents and stuff, and then in between there's like people being sold, and it's I don't know. It it's just weird. It's, it, it's sick. Like, you know that this happened, but seeing something like that where it's, like, people and objects together being sold, it's kind of a reminder of of how, yeah, enslaved people, black people were seen in society at that time. Yeah. And as, as slaves and as property that people owned. So, it's unknown how many people the Lillary family owned. But Madame Lalaurie had a reputation in New Orleans for being especially cruel to her slaves. Mm. And this was documented in reports between 1831 and 1834. During this time, 12 enslaved people died in the mansion, including a cook and laundress named Bonne, along with her four children, Juliette, Florence, Jules, and Leontine. No one knows how they died. But one theory could be there was some kind of, like, disease. But a lot of people, though, for one Yeah, of. Yeah, 12 people in, like, four years. So we're on that later. Many of these accounts of Madame Lalaurie being cruel to her slaves come from a woman named Harriet Martineau, who was an English social theorist who visited New Orleans around this time. Side note, I was, like, going through her Wikipedia page. It's really long. Mm. And she hung out with the Darwin brothers a Really? Lot, like, Charles Darwin yeah. and Erasmus Darwin. And apparently some of her writings inspired Charles Darwin's theory of evolution. Good for so, her. 
Hey, Harriet. She does not get credit yes. for that. But yeah, she was also a supporter of abolitionists in the U.S., which is kind of cool. Hey, Harriet. Yeah, we see you. We hey. see you. All right. Ahead of her time. Yeah, yeah. Martineau said that Lillurie's slaves were, quote, haggard and wretched in appearance, oh. end quote. Though she seemed to treat them kindly and respectfully and care about their health and well-being, like, around other people. Mm. Kind of thing. She was also said to be generally friendly to black people in public, but that doesn't really mean much. It's like, <laughs> right. Ted Bundy was considered charming, too. Right, <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know. They're always the pillar of the community. You exactly. Know? Mm-hmm. Like, high society woman, respected Mm, you know Mm -hmm. she has a nice house and she throws parties Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah right i know lalori freed two of her slaves in 1819 and 1832 really kind of random no one really knows why but anyway apparently the rumors about her mistreatment of slaves was so widespread that a lawyer at one point was sent to investigate and to remind her of proper treatment whatever that means Mm -hmm. but when he arrived he didn't see anything that he thought was amiss yeah so they're just rumors right well martineau also tells the story of a 12 year old girl named leah she may also have been eight years old there's like different accounts we'll average it out and say 10 okay that that works leah also may not have been her name we no one really knows But the story goes, and also this may or may not be true, the details at least, that she was brushing Madame LaLaurie's hair and hit a snag, and that enraged Madame LaLaurie so much that she grabbed a whip and chased her to the roof where Leah jumped to escape punishment because she was so afraid of Madame LaLaurie devil's advocate she could have been she could have fallen lost her balance she could have been pushed right um or she jumped and she died she was allegedly buried on the grounds of the mansion Mm. though some say that lolary dumped her body in a well on the property too okay so no one's no one's really sure yeah it's really sad horrible because of this incident, Lillurie was actually investigated and had to give away nine of her slaves as a fine. Oh. Also, it, like, just, it's so that strange <laughs> that they, like, use people as payment. That's, as, like, a fine. makes my heart sink. I, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's just, it's, like, all of it's bad. You know, there's no... Yeah. Anyway. However, these people were brought back to her by a relative... And forced to continue to work in the house. So, so the nine people were brought back after she mm-hmm. paid the fine of them? Okay. Of, of them, yeah. And one of her relatives, I, I don't know if they bought them back or some or something, but Gosh, somehow they it. acquired them no. and brought them back. After that, Lillurie chained the cook to the stove. <gasps> um, For any particular reason or just? Just to keep her there. Okay. I guess. I don't really, I don't really know why. It's yeah, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. There's another story about a man who jumped out of a window, but I I heard that like in one 
account and mm-hmm. nowhere else, so I'm not sure if that's true. It was said, though, that Luluri starved her slaves, and when her daughters tried to feed them, she would beat her daughters really severely, Terrible. too. She sounds like a horrible person. Yeah. Yeah. But it gets much, much worse. Mm-hmm. On April 10th, 1834, a fire started in the Lillory Mansion. It may or may not have been during a party. There are different accounts. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. You know, the details get lost over of time. Of course. People were evacuated, and once the fire died down, the fire marshals went in to take a look around, and they found the cook still chained to the stove by her ankle. Oh. She told them that she started the fire, so she, she lived. She survived. Mm-hmm. She told them that she... And she was a 70-year-old woman. Hmm. She told them that she started the fire because she wanted to kill herself because she was afraid of punishment from Madame Lalaurie. And she said that anyone who was taken to the room on the top floor never came back down. Oh, my God. So it's kind of a recurring theme, like people are dying instead of, you know, Mm -hmm. being punished, whatever that means, which I guess we'll find out, by Madame Lalaurie. Bystanders of the fire came into the mansion to help rescue the Lillary's valuables, and they also wanted to make sure they got everyone out, so they wanted access to the slave quarters, but Madame Lillary refused to give them the key. So they kicked the door down, and they found an awful scene. Mm. Trigger warning. Content warning. Every, every warning. Yeah, this is pretty graphic. According to the local newspaper from the time of the New Orleans Bee, they found seven slaves more or less horribly mutilated, suspended by the neck, with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. They claimed to have been imprisoned there for some months. Harriet Martineau later added that the people imprisoned in the house were emaciated, they showed signs of being flayed with a whip, they were bound in postures that were really restrictive, and they couldn't move their heads because they wore these spiked iron collars. When Louis Lalurie, the husband, was asked about this, he reportedly said, quote, Some people had better stay at home rather than come to others' houses to dictate laws and meddle with other people's business. Oh my god, the audacity. I know. Like, yeah, this man is awful too. Oh, Jesus. Now, there are lots of exaggerated claims that exist today about what else was happening to these people who were imprisoned in the slave quarters, but I don't really want to go into them because they've never been proven and many of them first came out in writings that were published over 100 years after this happened, so like in the 30s and 40s. Okay. And by people who didn't even live in New Orleans at the time. Okay. So, like they're saying that Madame Lurie was doing these medical experiments on people and, you know, was like sewing their mouth shut or, you know, doing really awful like slicing them in really awful ways. I mean, not that there's a good way to do that. Right. Or like, you know, breaking their limbs and like reconfiguring them and, and stuff like that. But 
So they're really, really shocking and like gruesome and horrible, but these accounts have not been substantiated. So I, I don't think it it's really worth it to go more into those because it's just kind of like sensational and the reality was bad enough. So when the general public heard about what happened at the Lillurie mansion, a mob came and tore it to shreds. The, the only the walls were left standing basically and the enslaved people who were had been tortured by Madame Lillurie, they were brought to the Cabildo, which is the big colonial city hall in New Orleans and they were put on display oh my god so that people could i don't know like witness what had happened to them but still like you know like that's like it's still dehumanizing that's like another level of right and over the course of a couple of days over four thousand people came to see them two of the people two of the enslaved people died later from their injuries Mm. in a contemporary newspaper article it was said that when digging in the yard bodies were found in the yard of the mansion in the well they found the body of a child so um harriet martineau later said that they recovered two bodies from the yard including leah that's what the record says it may or may not be more or less. No one knows to what extent in total Madame Lodlery either killed people or tortured people in her house, in her mansion. Um, it's just not known. As to what happened to her, she fled to Paris and died there in 1849. Oh, she could just like go ahead and do that? Like nothing? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so no justice was served there. No. There's a famous but probably false story that she was killed by a wild boar during a hunt. I mean, in Paris. Okay. Karma, I guess, but I, I they don't think that actually happened. <laughs> Some people think her remains were brought back to New Orleans because a plaque with her name on it was found in the cemetery, but no one really knows for sure. Hmm. But it, I think she's in Paris, but you know, I don't know. Maybe she's know in the sure. catacombs, I don't know. Maybe. She's known as the first female serial killer in U.S. history. And, like I said, no one really knows the full extent of what she did. I wish we knew the stories of her victims so we can tell them, but unfortunately, we don't. They weren't recorded. There's also the question of why she did what she did. I mean, it sounds like, you know, that's not really something you need to... Have a reason for like why does this serial How killer someone kill people? Do that? Like what? Like she was awful and like stupid and like racist and evil and right. wanted to hurt people. That's that's my theory. Right. There there are some other theories, but I mean she obviously had my some. Theory. I I don't know. Yeah. All right. So this building it was rebuilt after the fire and the the mob destroying it Mm -hmm. and it was different things throughout the years it kept changing owners no one could really hold on to it for too long it was a school for girls at one point and it was an apartment building and today it's privately owned 
but it's known to be very haunted. So, one example is, I don't know if you know the show Portals to Hell. Mm-hmm. The one with Jack Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. So the Osborne's son. Exactly. And Katrina Weidman, and they investigated this house. They interviewed a woman named Annie who lived in the house for a few years when she was a young girl. And she would often hear pots and pans banging just like randomly. Apparently, her dad woke up once during the night to see a man in a top hat coming out of the armoire. Hello, sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you mind if I borrow this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Kind of random. <laughs> um, also, she once saw a young girl sitting on the roof. Oh, ew. Yeah. She went back to the house 20 years after she left to kind of make peace with it and was knocked down <laughs> by a violent spirit. So, yeah, they were like... I come bring in... <laughs> yeah. No, was, was not welcome. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. When during the show, the caretakers were a woman named Lisa and her mother, whose name I don't know. I don't know if they're still the caretakers, but they said that odd experiences have happened in pretty much every single room in the mansion. While they were investigating, Katrina Weidman of the Portals to Hell investigation team, she felt dizzy the whole time they were there. They got some figures appearing on the 3D mapping camera. Mm -hmm. And they both think it's haunted, but maybe not as evil and twisted as people say in terms of the ghosts. Like, they think the ghosts are more so like lost souls. Yeah. Okay. Like, they just want to be acknowledged. But I don't know. There's also been reports of moaning coming mm. from the former slave quarters, phantom footsteps, and even people who stand near the house, like outside, have felt really negative energies. Yeah. Have you you've, have you been there? I mean, have you seen that? Seen the house? I know you've been in New Orleans. I probably wouldn't pass it, but we didn't do a tour of it or anything. Mm. Okay. Okay, well, we'll just have to walk by it next time. Yes. Mm-hmm. In 1894, a guy who was living in the house when it was an apartment building was brutally murdered oh. in his room. And, like, his stuff was everywhere, and the police were like, okay, it was a robbery, even though nothing was taken. So it was so, made to look like a robbery. Right, mm. right, right. One of this guy's friends, though, the one who was murdered, he says that his friend was having problems with, quote, sprites in the house. Oh. And his friend was like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, it's your imagination, but. Sprites of all things. The legend, I don't I don't know if it's factual or what, or what this is, but the legend says that the man who was murdered said that there was a demon in the house who wasn't going to rest until this man had died oh which he which he did okay he did Jeez, that's terrifying yeah children who lived in the apartments also often heard moaning as i mentioned disembodied screams oh god scratching noises under the floorboards which is horrible i hate that I hate that that is like oh I, I like this is only vaguely related, but I lived in an apartment once that had a weasel in the walls. What? In in Europe? Of course you did. And like what? <laughs> what the heck? And it was horrible, and it was scratching at like, like squeaking. 
at like four in the morning. Ew. <laughs> and I mean, that was bad, but I can't imagine a ghost scratching would be way worse. Especially from under the floor. That yeah. Is a- no, 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 no. hundred times no. No. Oh, God. Apparently, one night, so a lot of the apartments were occupied by immigrant dock workers. Mm-hmm. And apparently, one night, a man came home and was going up the stairs and was uh saw an apparition of a black man in chains on the stairs and he was like gonna push him out of the way because he thought he was a person Mm -hmm. and but it was like his hands went through his body oh it was a, a spirit allegedly as early as the 1880s the mansion appears on postcards in New Orleans labeled as the haunted house of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So things were happening even back then. People who have spent the night in the house report waking up in the middle of the night to find a woman with long red hair glaring at them, Ew. which I also hate. I hate that. And people also have seen this woman on the street like Ew. in front of the house i hate that is that was little uh was madame a redhead or? i don't know i don't know i'm not sure but okay many people think it's her okay yeah so as i mentioned it was the mansion was also very briefly a school for girls in the mid to late 19th century and it was actually an all black girls school. Oh. The story or the legend says that young girls would go up to their teachers freaking out and their arms would be scratched and like bruised. And the teacher would oh. be like, Who did this to you? And they would say, That woman. <gasps> yeah. Oh. So. Those are just some smatterings of what have happened in the house uh, in terms of paranormal activity. Mediums who've gone in there have felt various things. Tour guides often feel things as well. They'll be like, their stuff will be tugged on or like the lights will go on and off or something, even if they're outside the building. Mm. So the negative energy kind of extends radiates yeah yeah -hmm. sort of a fun fact nicholas cage once owned this house what (laughs) he 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 was bored with the declaration (laughs) so he's like i'm gonna just take this Uh, one too national treasure actor nicholas cage god he said quote i once lived in the most haunted house in america the LaLurie Mansion in New Orleans used to belong to Madame LaLurie, a well-known 19th century socialite and serial killer. I bought it in 2007, figuring it would be a good place in which to write the great American horror novel. I didn't get too far with the novel. End quote. So I don't know if he was scared out of the house or what happened. but He just got <laughs> bored. He's, he's not a writer. He's like, this I, yeah, is good for me. Apparently not. Um <laughs> That's like an but. impulse purchase for rich people. Like, you know what? I'm going to write a horror novel and I need inspiration. Mm. Like, I'm going to buy this. Like, You don't, like, get an Airbnb in the woods. You're like, no, I'm going to buy this right. haunted mansion yeah. in <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick. But it didn't go too well because a couple years later, it was on the market after uh, foreclosure, I oh. think. So, sorry, Nicholas. But womp, womp. 
Yeah, apparently American Horror Story Season 3 also incorporates Madame LaLaurie in his story. Mm -hmm. Kathy Bates played her. Oh. Yeah. Stevie Nicks was on it. What? Yeah. She was? Yeah. I've never seen American Horror Story, but I feel like it would be my vibe. I liked the first couple of seasons, and then after a while, it just got a little too... It got a little much. Mm. Like season one, two, and three are fabulous. And then, yeah. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's on Netflix, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. At least that's how I watched it. I don't know if it still is or, or not, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. And I really like the intros. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, once I finish Supernatural. In yeah. Like no, it's two really years, good. I'll watch it. It's cool because every season. They typically use the same actors, but, like, the theme changes, so mm. it's not, like, they continue. It's, like, after, it, then it goes to the next, like, completely different story, so it's mm. kind of cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. Well, I did. I don't know. I think they're on, like, season 10 now or whatever. Oh, my gosh. So, I don't even know. Hmm. Well, yeah. What's the story of Madame... I was thinking about it because we were planning our New Orleans trip and we were dreaming one night. Yeah. Yeah. And there's all these stories about New Orleans and has a long, dark history, unfortunately. Yes, it does. Like much of America. Indeed. Tell me a ghost story. I went down so many rabbit holes with this one, let me tell you. But Oh, boy. I'm excited. I think in in terms of paranormal, this is my first overseas story, maybe. Oh, and I know I've talked about like other things overseas, kind of Mm -hmm. like space. That's not (laughs) is is space overseas. Um, That's the question. It depends. It's above seas. Ooh, I've talked about Stonehenge, which is overseas. But with ghosts, I think I've just stayed in the states. To my knowledge. So, this is also my first demonic possession. Oh, shoot. So, like I said earlier, get your sage, get your salt and holy water. Okay. (laughs) She's lighting the sage. Let it be known. (laughs) Okay. So, We will be diving into the true story that was the inspiration for the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh my god, I hate that movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's so scary. Okay. We watched it together. I know. (laughs) Um, Continue. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Is it too scary? (laughs) No, 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 no. I I was exaggerating. No, but it is. Yeah, it was a scary movie. Yeah. Okay. But... So, Annalise Michel was born in Leipzig, Germany on September 21st, 1952. And I'm sorry if I mispronounce any German thing in this thing. Okay. Her parents were Anne and Josef, and she had younger sisters, Gertrude, Barbara, and Roswitha. The family was extremely close to their Catholic faith, and they were incredibly passionate about their religion, and they went to church every Sunday and sometimes a couple times throughout the week. Yosef, the father, uh, wanted to be a priest when he was younger, and he actually had 
three sisters who are all nuns, but he struggled with Latin, so he ended up going to trade school, and then he was drafted in World War II when he was 22. He was actually captured by Americans, but then he was released in 1945 when he went on to study and work in construction. Her sisters were relatively healthy, but Annalise didn't have as strong of an immune system growing up, and she got measles and mumps, and she also had scarlet fever, but aside from that, she was relatively fine. Annalise was a good student, and her teachers were fond of her, and her mother said that she had hoped that she would become a school teacher someday because she was very passionate about learning. For her hobbies, Annalise liked to sing, play the accordion. I love that. And the piano. I'm not sure about all at the same time. But she also (laughs) attended church with her family, and every night they prayed the rosary together. So pretty close-knit family. It wasn't until she was about 16 when she started feeling out of sorts. One day she was in class and she completely blacked out and she woke up, she was woken up and she just shook it off as, oh, I I guess I fell asleep because I was studying too hard and she like laughed it off. She then started to suffer from extreme convulsions. Oh my God. And she was diagnosed with frontal lobe epilepsy. So for those of you who I'm sure you know about epilepsy, but Frontal lobe epilepsy is a neurological disorder that causes recurring but short episodes. And typically it happens when the patient is sleeping. So according to Mayo Clinic, signs and symptoms include head or eye movement to one side, complete or partial unresponsiveness or difficulty speaking, explosive screams or laughter or profanities. Abnormal body posturing, such as one arm extending while the other one flexes, kind of like a fencer. Hmm. And repetitive moment, movements, such as rocking, bicycle pedaling, or pelvic thrusting. So, Annalise said that one night uh, she felt like she was being pinned down at her chest and she tried to scream for help, but she couldn't move, she couldn't talk, and... She ended up actually relieving herself. Mm. Now, another source from my research said that when she went to a doctor, because this happened multiple times, and she went and got an EEG, which scans for brain activity, and it showed that everything was completely normal, but she was diagnosed with grand mal epilepsy, Mm. which is... The typical epilepsy you think of when it it pops into your mind. So I'm not sure if she was diagnosed with both of them or if it was one and then she had another diagnosis Mm -hmm. or it kind of depends on what you read. So I just want to let you know. But the symptoms of grand mal include someone may cry at the beginning of a seizure or scream Uh, The loss of bowel or bladder control, which would explain the bedwetting. Mm. Unresponsiveness after a convulsion. So, like, when she stops having an episode, she could... I'm not saying, like, this happened, but Mm -hmm. in the event of an episode, she... The person would 
continue to be incoherent for several minutes afterwards. They would be distorted and confused afterwards, often feeling signs of fatigue or experience severe headaches. So just wanted to let you know she did have other conditions going on and she was being treated for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was seen by doctors and they gave her medicine to maintain it. So it seemed to be okay, but it, it did carry on with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she did str- graduate. She took abiture and then <laughs> she started to study at University of Wolfsburg. W and then U with the umlaut and then RZ. Würzburg? Würzburg? Yeah. <laughs> Würzburg. <laughs> University of Würzburg. Yes. Uh, so she went there. She, okay. She studied there. <laughs> However, at school, her peers said that she was pretty reserved and really religious. I'm not sure if that was something that made it so she didn't fit in, like she mm. didn't go do the same things or she was kind of shy because... She didn't go out and, like, party or she, she, her parents were kind of, oh, you need to study or or go to church school, like, don't play sports or go mm-hmm. hang out with other people. So yeah. that was in a couple of sources I read. She kind of felt that longing, like, I just want to be like other girls um, or do what other people do. So, however, eventually things for Annalise started to get worse. So this includes she started seeing demonic faces around her. Oh, so gosh. that's definitely worse. <laughs> that, that's an escalation. <laughs> that's really bad. Yeah, things escalated. Uh, so she would either be looking around and she would see it like, you know, out of the corner of her eye or on the walls, or even when she would be walking past people, their faces would change. Oh my god! And I can't imagine. And she, also, while she was praying. She would hear voices saying that she was damned or she would rot in hell. Uh-huh. Which is so unnerving, especially because she is so religious. Or especially yeah. when you're praying, you feel mm-hmm. like you're safe. So she became incredibly depressed and it got to the point where she was even suicidal. So mm. she was taken to be treated. And she was on various medications to help with her epilepsy as well as schizophrenia. Mm. But despite... Being on medical watch and seeing multiple doctors and even staying at sanatoriums, her condition continued to worsen, and it was incredibly frustrating because at this point she had been taking medications and seeing doctors for Mm. many, many years. So when Annalise was experiencing this, you know, frustration and kind of this low point, her family decided they would go to a religious pilgrimage in order to pray and try mm-hmm. to, you know, get answers or, or you know, to, they thought it would try to help. However, she started resisting religious relics, saying that when she went to the sacred place, her feet were burning and she did not want to approach it. And she also refused to drink the water from the Holy Spring. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Her mother also said that she found Annalise staring at a statue of the Virgin Mary and her eyes got jet black. Oh my God. So when she went to the doctor, she told the doctor, I feel the devil inside of me. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So her family then said, okay, I I think we should talk to a priest about this. (laughs) Time to call a priest. Time to call a priest. There we go. There's always a point, you Mm -hmm. know. 
Most of them declined and really? said that, you know, I think you should continue medical treatment. Mm-hmm. And there are several steps. You, you can't just, like, call a priest and be like, hey, I'm not feeling well. Can you, like, get this demon out of me? Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I would like to do that. You have to. <laughs> um, there are certain steps that need to go into it. And after talking to priests, I'm not sure if this is general, but I have read that. And I'm not sure if this was the case for the time or not. So, you know, bear with me. It's just side commentary. But from what I gather, it was more of a Germans tend to see this as an absolute last resort. Mm -hmm. And I did read an article that, you know, of all the exorcisms performed in the world, like France has 25% of them. And then Germany has like three, Mm. like in a year or something Mm. like that so it's very like mm. yeah so again this was like in the 60s or so so i'm not Mm -hmm. sure um how it's changed or the 70s rather but anyway i digress but she her family was declined and all the priests said no i I think you should get medical treatment which i don't understand why you can't do both yeah if it is at this point but Mm. i digress again Two requests for exorcisms were denied, and she was still put on medical watch and medications, which did not help, and eventually things started to get more violent. She would do 400 squats a day, like, nonstop, which, good on you. Like, I get sore (laughs) after 20, but I'm sure this was, like, out of her control. Yeah, it's like the dancing sickness. Kind of. Like, like you can't stop bit. moving your body. Yeah, in a way. I don't know. She would throw objects. She would eat coal. <gasps> she would eat flies and spiders. No. And she even bit off the head of a bird. No. She would crawl around on the floor, and she hid under a table and barked like a dog for two days. Oh, my God. She even drank her own urine from the floor. She also carried a stench, and it apparently, quote, smelled like burning shit. I don't know what burning shit smells like, but I can't imagine it's good. Right. So eventually, she was granted permission uh, by the bishop to be exercised by Father Arnold Rentz and Father Ernest Alt, but the condition was it had to be very private like mm. it couldn't be known about it but mm-hmm. the bishop did say okay you you can do it because mm-hmm. you can't a priest can't do an exorcism unless it's approved by a bishop oh, so okay. the bishop finally approved it thanks bishop thanks bishop in september of 1975 she had her first exorcism but she ended up needing multiple it wasn't just a one and done wow how many do you think she had she had 67 oh my god 67 67 not 66 i don't know i just think about 66 right because it's like but i guess it's 666 they they were like better do one more just right (laughs) just to be safe yeah that's so many Mm -hmm. and some of them were recorded and there's about 42 hours of total audio oh my god and i will say i listened to some of them obviously the full 42 hours isn't available or if it's even that much but they are terrifying and her voice is unrecognizable 
Oh, geez. And I wish I could play it, but I don't want to get sued. And it's also terrifying. So if you want, you can yeah. just YouTube it. Not like, today. There's a lot. Oh, my gosh. I That's what I was doing at, like, midnight last night. And then I'm like, I, I oh listened to, God. like, a spiritual meditation for bed. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not even that religious, but I'm like, holy crap. Oh, my God. It's terrifying. So. Oh, just uh, thinking about it freaks me out. Like, this is freaking me out. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the point. It's the point. Yeah. That's why we do this. <sighs> this is literally the one that has like actually kept me up. I'm yeah. like, I, I, the uh, so. Oh my god. Yeah. So, what's more is we also find out what exactly is taken over this poor girl. So we all have our demons, but she had at least six demons, among other things, inside her. So. One of them was a demon called Cain, and in demonology, he is, pr- he is a president in hell. Like Cain and Abel? C-A-I-N. Yeah. Maybe. Oh. What's what's Cain and Abel? In the Bible, like in the Garden of Eden, they're the brothers. Oh, I did see, yeah. I No, I don't know if it's um because of that, but his name is Cain. Oh, okay. But I don't think it's like Eve's son or Adam okay. and Eve's son. But I think Cain kills Abel, right? Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. No, that's an interesting theory. They might just have the same name. It could be. Oh, no. <laughs> I digress. Um, but I mean, if it is, I mean, he became a president in hell. So good for oh, him, well, I guess. Okay. And apparently he rules over 30 legions of demons. He can also help people understand what animals are saying he likes to argue and he gives true answers for the future so he Mm. will say like this is going to happen great and he takes the shape of a black bird before transforming into a man and he also carries around a sword and this is according to the lesser key of solomon so i my search history is so fuzzed <laughs> oh right gosh. now because I was looking up because I'm like, well, I want to find out like what each of these demons were, but I mm-hmm. felt so weird mm-hmm. looking up demons anyway. So that's Cain. Okay. And then we have Belial. And in the Old Testament, he was a personification for evil and wickedness. But in the New Testament, it was given an actual entity for Satan. So in certain writings, he was a king of demons. And according to the book of Jubilees, he was one of the angels that followed Lucifer on his fall. Mm. It is also a Hebrew word used to uh, characterize something without worth. Wow. So that's him. And then we have Legion. In the New Testament, there is a story in the Gospel of Mark called the Exorcism of Gersin, which is Jesus was in, a, I guess, a town of Gersin, and he found a man who was possessed. And when Jesus tells the demon to, you know, when he commands the demon to say, like, his name, the demon replies, my name is Legion, for we are many. So, <sighs> I know. So, Legion is a group of demons that goes by the name of Legion, mm. which I hate. Too. I hate that. It's like 
Is there a movie where it's like a creature made of bugs or something? Yeah, maybe. Oogie like, Boogie? Or like from... a coral reef. Yeah, yeah, Oogie Boogie. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. Or something with like many heads. I just, oof, mm, oof. Yep. It's all yeah, horrible. It's bad. Now there's also Nero. And Nero was a deranged Roman emperor who ruled from 54 AD to 68 AD. Wait, Nero? Nero is a demon in hell? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I had never heard of this guy. And this was like a rabbit hole. Like, it was so interesting to me. So maybe I'll cover it, him. But like, he was kind of an ass. But obviously. But um, <laughs> some say he was the Antichrist or he would come back as the Antichrist. So he killed his mother and at least one of his wives, among other people. And there was the Great Fire of Rome that broke out in 64 AD. And I wasn't there. But you he, weren't? he may or may not have been responsible. I'm just saying. Mm. I'm not talking shit because I don't want him to come get me. But I'm just saying. Right. He has it's kind suspicious. of a motive because he wanted to rebuild Rome. He didn't like the layout or something. <laughs> so um, just turn on this wall. <laughs> and he wanted to build a grand gold palace but blamed the fire on Christians to put... Uh, suspicion on them instead of himself and then christians were put put were put to death in brutal ways oh and in his new palace he wanted to build the golden house and have a statue called the colossus of neo or nero which gives me big marie antoinette vibes you know oh yeah yeah it's also said that he played the fiddle while the city burned down <laughs> It's like the Titanic, but like not but quite. sinister. Not yeah. like it was pleasure. It was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot to unpack there, but it was really interesting. That so is interesting. Maybe wow. another story, but I, anyway, I didn't want to go on big tangents, but mm-hmm. here I am. There was also Judas. Oh, uh, we he know w- him. He was one of the 12 apostles who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and he may have actually been a demon all along. <gasps> oh, I haven't heard that theory. Yeah. So okay. I this was a big rabbit hole I jumped down. Wow. So there's actually a lot of theories regarding the gospel of Judas. So some of him think that, I don't know if you heard, but they found a bunch of old documents in Egypt that you know, date back a hundred years after Jesus had died. And it's it's a long story. I I might talk about it on another day because it was very interesting. But essentially, they were trying to decipher these old papers. Mm-hmm. And it was actually saying that Judas may have been, there was, you know, a conversation between Jesus and Judas. And some people think they portray Judas as Jesus's best friend, but Jesus referred to him as a demon, and Jesus called him the 13th, which means demon. I don't know if that makes sense. Hmm. So basically, there was something in the text that can either be translated as spirit 
or it can either be translated as demon, which is a very, you know. Those are very different. Those are very different. Yeah. So essentially, it could either be a, a translation saying that Jesus and Judas had this agreement that Judas would turn Jesus in in order to save Judas or to to make sure that he was in heaven with him, which would essentially make him the Severus Snape of like Jesus oh. time, of biblical time. Yeah, yeah. Or it, Jesus trusted Judas, but he was actually a demon and his mission was to bring down Jesus. Mm. So it's like this whole thing. But anyway, Judas was inside of Annalise. Okay. He was one of those. Okay. He was one of the demons. All right. There's also someone by the name of Fleischmann, and he was a priest in the 1500s who was kicked out of the church because he was an alcoholic, and he was also accused of assault and even murder. Oh. So he was shunned from priesthood. Okay. You're never going to guess who else was there. Lucifer? Hitler. Oh, wait, really? Hitler was there. Wow, that was fast. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I mean, horrible. I'm, I'm, well, yeah, no, that's not what, <laughs> just like, I, well, I guess this was, I don't know, what, 25 years, 30 years after yeah. mm-hmm. the war, so it's not that fast, but I'm like. But still, like. Yeah. Hitler. Okay, Hitler, okay. According to a Washington Post article, in the recordings, Hitler apparently says, quote, people are stupid pigs, and they think it's all over after death, and then Hitler apparently goes on this, like, huge tangent, and then after Hitler finishes his his rant, Judas said that Hitler was nothing but a, quote, big mouth and had, quote, no real say in hell. So, basically, Judas was like, who the hell invited this guy? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. They even hate him in hell. I know, right? That's great. And so, Hitler was there, and then you had said it, but Lucifer himself. Mm. So... Wow. A lot to unpack there. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of really awful people yeah. are there. So it was revealed that these are the people that were taken over her. And she continued to have these exorcisms and she dropped to her knees praying hundreds of times a day to the point where she actually broke her knees and had permanent damage to the ligaments. She had open sores all over her body. She scratched herself and she bled. She was unbathed and she smelled horrible. Uh, I'm not sure if like it was still the poop smell. Mm -hmm. Uh, She also had her eyes were bruised her hair was like fallen out and she her nose was raw and when she spoke her voice growled back at the priests and taunted them so despite numerous attempts several times a week sometimes for hours at a time nothing seemed to work for Annalise and she eventually started to refuse to eat or drink oh no So she did end up passing at the age of 23 on July 1st, 1976, 10 months after the first exorcism. Wow. She weighed only 68 pounds. Oh, my God. And to our foreign listeners, that's 30 kilos. So because of this, it was actually a huge media sensation in Germany, and 
the priest and her parents were taken to court for negligent manslaughter for allowing her to starve and go through this. So uh, it was recognized in court that her parents had tried for many, many years to give every possible type of care for her episodes. She Mm -hmm. went to doctors. She went to, you know, different medical measures. And before the trial, prosecutors asked to just find the priests and give no punishment to the parents because they had suffered long enough. Mm. So it was actually Annalise's request that she wanted to stop taking medicine and involve in doctors. So I'm not sure Mm. why or how that was allowed, but that was something that she had wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was also said that she announced that she, like, wanted to die to, you know, I'm not sure if it was, like, a a huge religious motive, but essentially it, like, chalks up to be she wanted to essentially die die as a sacrifice because jesus sacrificed himself for our sins Mm, she wanted to be like a martyr in a way i'm not sure but Mm. like that was apparently something that she had said like throughout some of the exorcisms so i'm not sure if it was just i'm just blending you know yeah it was also noted that had she gotten medical treatment at least like a week before she ended up passing some of the organ damage like could have been reversed or it mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have to happen that way. And a series of doctors did testify at the trial that based on their understanding, Annalise had died from a combination of epilepsy, mental disorders, and extreme religious environments, which in the words of Professor Hans Seidel's of Wusterberg University. Um, it was basically, he accounted it to be a, quote, spiritual sickness and a heavy psych disturbance. Mm. So the priest testified that they were convinced that she was possessed based on everything she was experiencing in the trial. They did play the tapes mm-hmm. and it made people severely uncomfortable. I know that some of Annalisa's sisters like left the courtroom crying. I can't even imagine. Mm-mm. But essentially, the priest said that her death is what released her from the demons. Wow. So, of the four involved, the two priests and her parents were found guilty of manslaughter, and but they were given lighter sentences. Mm -hmm. So the priests were sentenced to just six months in jail, which was suspended, and they were just given three years on probation. Mm -hmm. And Anna and Yosef were exempt from punishment because, as I said, they had suffered enough, but they remained convinced that they were doing the right thing. Mm. So a couple of things that are are kind of speculated or, you know, talked about is some people think that she was having a mass breakdown or she did have, you know, a mental illness that wasn't able to be properly treated at Mm -hmm. the time or it wasn't as far developed. But because she was so religious, 
it was kind of looked down on or her mm. her family said, you know, what would people think or or she couldn't go to school because she was ill and it was like a kind of a shame thing. Mm-hmm. So the possessions were more so a, a coping or an extreme kind of tying back to the last episode, but like a mass hysteria effect mm-hmm. or, or just like a way for her to lash out on it but you know i i heard the tapes i don't know that's terrifying to me mm-hmm. um her grave does get a lot of visitors people write letters to her some people really do believe that she was possessed by demons mm-hmm. either way it's horrible that anyone yeah. has to go through that so i guess just like you know always listen to your doctors if you are mm-hmm. religious that is a great way for you to also deal with this but i i just i can't imagine what anyone in the family went through so i don't really know if like anyone's really to blame or mm-hmm. i don't know the circumstances to that extent so i feel i can't give that feedback because yeah you're obviously trying to do the right thing but it's like why did medicine stop or if she mm-hmm. stopped eating why didn't you get medical treatment so it's just yeah it's crazy Wow. But yes, the movie, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, was inspired by this. There's a couple of books about it. There's, I, I went down a lot of rabbit holes. But um, anyway, I'm glad she's not suffering anymore. Yeah. And that's I, so tragic for everyone involved. Yeah. Well, I know your thoughts. Do you think she was possessed? Probably. Mm. I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, it's terrifying either way, which mm. I think whether it was a a spiritual demon or a personal demon, it, it took over. Right. So if exactly. she was hallucinating or mm. if it was schizophrenia or if it was something that couldn't be effectively treated, it obviously mm. had a, a terrible effect right. on everyone. So right. I'm not sure if it's supernatural mm-hmm. um but either way you know i i don't know yeah me neither i mean i feel the same way as you i guess yeah either way the outcome was really bad for everyone right but i mean i think it could have been just because she did have constant medical treatment and i mm-hmm. i feel you know after a certain point, how does it continue? Like, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. you know, in the 60s or 70s what the medical advancement for neurology was, but mm-hmm. I I think there's a certain level of, yeah, this is obviously, if it was to the point of a medical or a mental break, mm-hmm. why wasn't she taken into different care to help, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because she took, like, a bunch of brain scans and everything looked okay or she Mm -hmm. was on medicine. And I'm not sure. Part of me, I feel like I'm getting more skeptical the more Mm -hmm. I research things or try to – I just – I'm very interested in psychology. So I I kind of lean on she had some kind of guilt because it was, like, a religious thing. Mm -hmm. And she kind of leaned on, oh, you know, this medicine is not working for me. And Mm -hmm. because I'm religious, I'm going to – rely on demonic possession to explain Mm -hmm. it and then it kind of manifested from there Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure 
Yeah. I mean, me neither. Like, yeah, like you, I tend to lately be more skeptical about things. And I don't know, though. You know, you can't know. But, I mean, lately we've talked a lot about the power of the mind right. in general mm-hmm. and what it can do. Yeah. So, I don't know. And being super religious, you would have the knowledge to, like, talk about it in some way or express. Yes. Maybe, but but I don't know. I like, don't know. with those things, though, it's it's probably taboo to talk about or it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you say, like, oh, you're possessed by a demon, people might be like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, I don't right. know. Hard to say. There's a lot there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so creepy. Yeah. And sad. It is. It's. It's. Ugh. Mm. It definitely. It kept me up. It freaked me out. Don't listen to the tapes at night. I'm not going to. (laughs) I'm not going to. Don't recommend. It was. Ugh. Because it also plays what her voice sounds like normally, and then like Mm. you hear it during an episode. No. 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 Anyway, Oof. sorry for that. That was a... <laughs> that was a oof. Oh, oof, oof. Yep. Well, so... Thank you. Anyway, we're going to stage our apartment, <laughs> and I'm going to go bathe in holy water, so... I can't remember. I can't find my holy water. Wait, what? Rem- like, this happened a while ago. I know. I, I know you... It was on that shelf. I know. What, I don't know where it went. But it this it's been missing for like a, a long time. I just don't know where it is. How do we misplace holy water? I don't know. I don't know. It's I accidentally be drink it. <laughs> no, that would have hurt. I hope not. <laughs> would have burned my insides. <laughs> we'll have to get more. Yeah. Where do you get it? Can you like buy it on Amazon? I bet you could. Probably. Or we can go to the closest local church and take some. Can you do that? Sure. I feel like, are they doing that with Rona? I don't know. Maybe if no one's in there, we can take a bottle and just like drink you know? it. No, you know, oh. like a squeeze <laughs> bottle, just like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like dip science. it into the baptismal font or something and run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what happens. No, I, don't I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you so listening. much for listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode twenty-five. We're so happy you're here. It means a lot to us, and we would love to give credit to the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish, and music production is by Justin Toom. And our cover is by Erica Chase. Would you like to tell them where to find us? You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if you have your own listener report that you'd like to submit, please do. You can email us at theinsomniareport at gmail.com. Or if you have questions, comments, feedback, suggestions. Just want to say hi. Yeah. Say hi. Say hi. Email us. We're friendly. Promise. Yeah. It depends on the day. <laughs> or the time of day. Anyway. Tune in next week for another classroom edition. Things I wish I learned. Who knows? Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot. We say that every week. <laughs> I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. Good night. Good night. Stay sleepy and spooky. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up and a rating. If you would, you'd be so kind. And watch out for demons. Seriously, though. Seriously, I don't... Oh, God. No, no. Not today. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. All right, good night. Good night.